Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything District 4 week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey. Joined, as always, by my cohort, Scott Burton. Although today, if you're watching the video version of this podcast at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see that uh, his little name tag says Alex Smith. U of U, former Utah Utes great Alex Smith. Wow, thanks for joining yeah. us. Well, you know, I've got a busy schedule these days, and uh, but uh, here Idaho Sports needed uh, some help, and I will come running. <laughs> That's right. Days a week from my boys at Idaho Sports. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, you might be wondering why he decided to go the Utah Utes route with his uh, moniker uh, today, and that is because we are going to be talking to a former Utah Ute and a current Canyon Ridge Riverhawk uh, in his second year as the head football coach at Canyon Ridge High School, Coach James Poole. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to be here. Thank you, guys. (laughs) <laughs> so uh let i mean you're uh we we wanted to bring you on because canyon ridge football is hot right now you guys are four and oh could have been five and oh if uh, your game didn't get canceled by lightning i mean how exciting is it uh in the halls at canyon ridge high to be off to an undefeated start in football yeah uh great start uh good time to be a river hawk it's uh you can definitely feel it just what you said uh throughout the halls the the community, um, a little new for us, learning how to know what it feels like to be undefeated and, and how to handle that success. So, yeah, well, I think that's a good point. I mean, Canyon Ridge opened in 2009, and really since that time, there has been, and I've been over at Jerome for, you know, 20 some odd years. In that time, there's really been, if I can remember right, one solid year of football. So this is brand new. I mean, this is something that, like you said, people have got to get used to. And there's just a different vibe going on right now at Canyon Ridge. You know, starting off 4-0, you know, outscoring your opponents by an average of 34-7. to um, And this has been a, a completely different feel because over the past several years, Canyon Ridge has not been able to put three football teams on the field. Yep. And now all of a sudden you are and you're winning. Yeah. So what's what's the difference? What's the secret? Uh man, just the the buy-in. The the buy-in is there and and we also had uh I always uh contribute everything to the to the off season. We had a great off season. Guys are now in the second year, so the the system is pretty much understood, which makes things a lot easier. You you take the thinking out, guys know it second hand. Um, and, and just the flow of things, you know what to expect. The guys know me as a coach, uh, very familiar with the coaching staff. It, just the, the flow of things, you, you know what to expect each day. You, you know what we're doing. You know where we're trying to go. Um, and that it's been it's been a huge credit to us. Yeah. How would you how would you describe your coaching style? You said your players are now getting used to you as a coach. What's your style? I'm definitely more of a, a player's coach. Um, just being in that position, playing football my my whole life, playing at the highest level and seeing things done, I try to make sure I I do and always put myself in a in the player's shoes just because I've been there. So I I know what goes through your head as a player, 
I know how, you know, you have tough days. You, you really don't want to be here. It's a grind. So I know little things to to relate to my players and to, to make guys um, want to be here, keep the buy-in, keep you invested, want to be committed. So I just think of me being in, being in their shoes and playing at that level, I understand how to how to kind of correlate things and put it in the, the best way for the guys. We, we want guys to be excited to come every day. So looking at your coaching career, you started at Sugar, correct? Yes. Then yep. made, the, made the move over to Canyon Ridge. So at, at what point did you realize that you wanted to be a football coach? So they're really after a, a, a tough look in the mirror and bouncing around my own football career, trying to make the NFL work, going overseas, arena. Finally, there there came the, the point that kind of that reality call, like, hey, it, it may be your time. And um, this was the only game I knew since three years old. So I did not want to just hang the cleats up myself. So I said, hey, I, I want to stay around this and make sure that I'm, I'm giving back now and, and helping younger kids to achieve the goal and get to experience the, the life and the fulfillment that football brought me. So I, I knew right away this, I can't let it in like this, at least not yet. So, <laughs> How did you end up at Sugar? I had a, a connection with um, some former Utah people when I was down there. Uh, they they ended up moving down to the Sugar area. I stayed in connection with them and was actually doing some uh, personal training and some some gym stuff up there, uh, just football stuff, basketball, more on a, a personal level with different kids. Mm -hmm. So eventually got got connected in with, with Sugar and it's pretty much the best thing that happened and almost changed my life, so. And then you made the switch over to Canyon Ridge two years ago. How did that move come about? Yeah, well, after being at Sugar, I was a part of that that great run that they're still on. So <laughs> seeing the things there and, and how we did it there and, and just watching uh, Tyler Richens and being under his vision and learning a lot from those guys, Dan Binion, they got a great staff over there just made me want to go and and bring that to a, a group of kids who, you know, really in which Canyon Ridge was all the way pretty much at the bottom. So I I wanted to take on that challenge and, and see what I can do. I knew this would be a big challenge coming from, you know, wins were hard to come by here, not quite the history with the school. So it gave myself a, a big goal to do. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, when you when you got into coaching at Sugar, it changed your life. Is that because of you went from player to coach, or was it for a different reason? I I think more a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Uh, really being able to to understand the, the other side of it, and I, I got to see how much easier it is to just play, actually. <laughs> Um, rather than when you're coaching and, and just the things that come with coaching, uh, the, the game planning, being prepared, making sure you're you're able to get all your guys in unit. It's, it's so much that goes into it. Um, and like I said, I was willing to, to take on the challenge. 
and just so much different than playing. And that was the part that I think kept me engaged and the, the part that I really loved about it was just that, the preparation of it. And so you have quite the story. And, you know, before we get into conference play and talk about other teams in the conference and where Canyon Ridge stacks up, especially with the big game coming up this Friday, I, I think one of the cool things about what we do is we find people that have amazing stories. And you are one of those people that, uh, well, I mean, let's be frank. I mean, lucky to be alive, to be honest, right? Yes, sir. Can you, can you explain kind of what that is for those that don't know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, at uh, 11 months, yeah, I was uh, actually involved. My family was, uh, it was a home invasion. And um, luckily, I, I was made out alive, but I was actually shot twice. Uh, one bullet hit me directly. The other one, uh, my, my mom was actually fighting a gunman over the gun and, and shots went off. So one of them hit me directly and then the other one ricocheted. Um, they ended up getting away. Nobody else was hurt, ironically enough, just me who was all the way in the back room in my crib. So just a, a blessed a blessing to be here to, to tell the story. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is my deal there. So luckily to be alive, just like you said. Yeah. You know, and that's one of those things that, uh, obviously as a, as an infant, you don't, you know, remember too much about yeah. but the way that that has shaped your perspective and the way that you live life is completely different. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, I, I go hard, every single day um I, I don't really take anything for granted i try to live life to the fullest and that's that's kind of the way i, I go about the coaching too with the boys I, I tell them hey you know appreciate this game every day i constantly tell my players when you go home thank your mom and dad for letting you play this beautiful game um i tell them you know you, you just never know you you don't know when your last breath will be you don't know when your last play will be so make sure you you're you're selling out every single day practice game walk through film go all in class and that's kind of the the, the message that we want to perceive and send out every day yeah what was that uh conversation like you obviously don't remember the incident as it happened how how old were you when your parents told you hey this happened to you yeah. when you were just a baby so believe it or not, I actually did, a, it was an interview uh, when I first got to the U. And my whole life, I grew up thinking I got shot at a park. I have no idea where it came from. I just, to be honest, uh, I grew up single parent, just my mom, myself, little sister. So um, didn't really have a dad around, but my, my mom and I never, actually talked about hey here's how you got shot we knew i was okay that's all that mattered so i'm just giving an interview and telling what i thought happened and my mom calls me like why'd you lie i'm like lie about what she's like you know that's not how you got shot well won't you tell me after 20 years <laughs> but that is how i found out i gave the wrong story and my mom was not happy about it <laughs> Uh, so you grow up playing football and it's like you said, the only game that you've ever known. 
And tell us about the process that you went through, because I think a lot of high school kids uh, can understand it or need to understand the process from high school to college. How did you end up at the U of U? So I had a bit of a, a different story. Um, originally, I was going to USC. Um, things happened late in my life. Some, some things transpired, some things I had to learn from. So I actually had to go the JUCO route for the pretty much that season, the football season, um, in which that was the, the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, at the time, I, to be honest, I had no idea what a junior college was. Um, just wasn't aware I had my mind set on one school and one conference only. So going through that process really humbled me. I, I got a chance to, to see the kind of the outside looking in and what the really the harsh reality is and how hard it is to go division one. Um, I was so just, that was my mindset. And really once I had the, the things that I had to go through that, that really got me on my game. Uh, I took my school to another level. I took the way I carried myself to another level. And I, I went to that junior college and I grew up really quick in under a year. And, and still to this day, I, I think that was the biggest thing God has really done for me um, at just seeing a, another world and how, how really dedicated and how hard you got to work for something if you want it. Yeah. So you talked about, uh, you end up at, at the U of U, you end up playing kind of running back and, and wide receiver. I wanted to go back to, you said you grew up, um, in a single parent household. Did you feel that you gravitated more to your football coaches along the years to kind of provide that male leadership in your life? Yeah. Yeah. So I had, uh, definitely my coaches, um, my grandfather um, and some uncles definitely tried stepping up, you know, taking on the, the, the male role. But my coaches were definitely a big part. Um, there, there's only so much mama can do for, a, you know, a boy who thought he was a man at a young age. So my coaches were definitely a huge part in, in role models for me and guys I would go to for advice. Um, that, like I said, your, your mom can only do so much in there on an understanding level. So my coaches played a huge impact in that. And that's also another reason why I'm so committed personally to my kids. Um, I try to get involved in all of my guys' lives I, I, on a personal level, really on and off the football field. Yeah, I was going to ask how that's shaped your coaching, but you just answered it right there. So there's going to be Utes fans watching this, and they're going to go, James Poole, who's that? Because when you were playing, you, you were known as Bubba, right? Bubba Poole, yeah. everybody called you. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a nickname I had. Uh, my uncle, when I was born, my uncle said, we're going to call him Bubba, and that's just how it happened. It stuck with me forever. Uh Heck, I'll tell people all the time, I'm, I'm sure my mom forgot my real name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now, I mean, obviously your players address you as Coach Pool. Do you, do you now that you're in, in the professional coaching landscape, do you go by James or do, you, do people still call you Bubba? 
was a little more on a more an admin, probably James. Uh, Bubba has now been. It's gotten out like, hey, I get people still coming up. Hey, are you Bubba too? I heard about a Bubba. <laughs> well, so, it's out now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely out. So uh, the, the players, though, it's, it's always coach. We, uh, I, I try to teach my players the right way. You, you address the coaches or what they are. You know, yes, sir, no, sir, coach, uh, yes and no. So we, we go there on a standpoint. Um, but it, as far as around the, the school, it's probably more or less coach pool. To some staff, it's, it's Bubba just because I, I think they get a kick out of just saying the nickname. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right, well, let's let's get back to talking about this Canyon Ridge team. Um, what who, who have been some of the, the leaders of the team this year and, and the big-time playmakers that have helped propel this 4-0 start? Uh, yeah, first guy, uh, with, without a doubt, is our quarterback, Connor Willis. Um, he's a kid I, I think has big, big level talent, kids you'll see playing at the next level. Really, really humbling kid, disciplined, smart, just a, a, a guy that you, you want to kind of be the face of your team. Does, does everything right. Um, great example for the young kids helps guys out no matter the age, um, always engage. So we we definitely want him at the forefront of what we do in the face of things, um, Connor Willis. So mainly the guy I would say. Uh, then a, another guy would be uh, who's, who's stepped up. He, he's had to mature a lot um, and now he's a senior. So playing last year, now he's asked to, to be a leader and He's one of the top guys in the state, uh, Tanner Eldridge, our receiver. So those two guys have, have been a, a big part of the change that we're implementing. We got those guys believing it. And now they're, they're little coach pools to the rest of our team. So big help. <laughs> that's a pretty good combination to have. I mean, I've watched, obviously, when you guys came over to our place. Um, but uh, a couple other times. And those two seem to have a really good connection yes. uh, offensively. And uh, But one of the things that I've noticed about what you guys are doing right now is is not just on the offensive end. Defensively, you pitched two shutouts, um, held one team to six points. Defense travels. We know that. Yep. You know um, What has been the secret defensively for this 4-0 start that really has been a dominant defensive performance for four games. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we we like to to pride ourselves at at what I personally coach, which is the offense. Um, but I tell the guys all the time: uh, you you go look at the the top teams. You got to have defense. Uh, we we took it back to the Buccaneers I mean, with Tom Brady. As much as he did, it was the defense that that got them where they got them. We we looked last year. Georgia could score on anybody, but it was the defense. You, you have to have defense. So we, we made it a commitment to be tougher, be more physical, and we want to play smarter. Um, and again, I, I think our guys have, have really bought into that. And quite frankly, I, I think we have a really good offense. So your defense is, is playing against that every single day. Suddenly now the, the guy in front of you isn't quite as fast. He isn't quite as advanced as 
what you're seeing on the day-to-day thing in practice. Um, and I, I use it all the time. Another great example for us was Tua Tagovailoa. He, he comes in the game cold as ice and, and wins the national championship late. And the reason you do that is he's going against Alabama's defense every day. So you, you come into a game, you're probably not going to be as advanced as what you see every day in practice. So, yeah, yeah you know, and, and and that's a good point too. Is I mean, you see the 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 talent across the line of scrimmage every day in practice, but when it comes to game, that balance uh, that you guys have is is crucial because you're not you know, giving your defense short fields, you're not giving, you know, a lot of three and outs to put your defense on the field for all that time. And so yep. the balance you guys are having right now between offensive and defensive playmakers and and time of possession and all those kind of things are really equaling each other out to the point to where the balance keeps everybody at the top of their game on both sides of the football. Definitely, definitely. And that's and that's something we also we try to work you know, we we tell them, you know, it's some games you may have where you're clicking on all cylinders. You know, offense is rolling, defense is getting guys off the field, uh, creating those three and outs, creating the turnovers. Uh, and, and then you may have games that, which we did, you know, Wood River a little more defensively for us. Offense, a little slower start. Uh, and then you go kind of a, a game where a little bit of Columbia, our next game where defense is kind of – got it took to us a little more than we like and then offense got it rolling so we we want to be able to kind of create exactly what you said that balance where hey we just keep trusting one another and know we'll get our break as long as we keep at it just keep at it and stay the course yeah and speaking of balance you are going to have to have some pretty incredible balance this friday night as you take on the league leaders right now yep. or the or the preseason favorites i guess because they return everybody yep. and that's minico um you know all the talk in the great basin has been well minico burley twin and there hasn't been a whole lot of canyon ridge talk so what makes it uh how's that vibe around the school where it's like you know hey we might be getting overlooked here why not us yeah uh I- I tell the guys all the time, you're uh, you, you're as good as what you you know what you put on, and and all teams know about you is who you are and what you've done. For us, we uh, we try to tend to keep everything within our building. Um, we we know what we have. We're we're really confident in in our players and and our guys and the staff that we have in place. So we, we tell our guys, hey, we, we take it every Friday night. Our goal is to go 1-0 and each Friday. We, we don't really look ahead. We, we don't underlook no one. We treat everyone the same. And I, I think that's, that's been a huge thing for us and an, an advantage at taking it just week by week. Do your job, play your 111, and every Friday night our, our goal it doesn't change, 1-0. That, that is all we try to worry about is that week only. Um, never looking ahead, and we, we treat every team with the same amount of respect. Okay, and then looking at this Friday night where you've got Minico coming to your place. I mean, that's going to be a huge measuring stick to see how far has Canyon Ridge football come. Uh, what's the secret for Friday? 
We uh we are well aware of what Minico did um, and has done. They they've earned it. They are the the standard, and we know that uh, this is without a doubt the, the biggest game in Canyon Ridge's football school history. Um, we again we we are understanding that, and with the respect we have for Minico, we know what we're we're gonna have to do. You, you got to play really fundamentally you can't shoot yourself in the foot you got eight returning starters on defense so my offense is pretty much looking forward to, to taking on the challenge um been watching film on them we we think we have some some spots that uh keep us in the game with these guys to to give us a, a leg up at what they do versus what we want to do but Definitely understand uh, you play a team like Minico, the the margin for error is really small. So we've uh, we're working on things that and heck, we're calling it. You're gonna have to pitch a perfect game. Uh, that's really how we feel, and that's the respect that I personally got for Minico. Yeah, it's a good analogy to use there because Minico's a good enough team that uh, they can beat you on their own. If you're helping them out, I mean, it's gonna be go. right. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, we're, we're super excited to see how it all unfolds on Friday night. I know your fans are going to be there rocking and rolling and, and Minico fans travel well. It should be a big time atmosphere. And like you said, probably the biggest game in the history of, yeah, you know, there's been some playoff games here and there over the years. But the, I mean, in terms of excitement and hype and I mean, right. this, this is the spot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, good luck on Friday night, Coach Poole. And thank you so much for, for coming on on the podcast and talking a little bit. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Hey, Coach, I want to say one more thing really quick. When you guys came over to our place um, last week, um, you know, you, you talked early on about kind of how you're trying to teach these boys yes or no, sir, respect, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'll just throw you this so you can take it back to your kids. Uh, when I let everybody into the locker room and was holding the door open for them, I would say probably 99% of them said thank you. Half of them said thank you, sir. Um, and I did have one one of your players find me after the game just to come up and shake my hand and say thank you. Um, yes. So, I mean, that influence right there, you don't get that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And as a coach, sometimes you don't you don't hear that happening because you don't ever, you know, people don't go to you right. with that. But I wanted to let you know what you're trying to do, it's working. Um, thank you. Because thank I, you. they came to me and I, and I recognized that and saw it. So great job. Great job doing that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a really exciting uh, development to watch, and uh, we'll continue to watch you along this journey as the season progresses. Uh, Coach Poole, good luck on Friday night, and again, th thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. You have a good day. All, All right, right. You as well. Take care. <laughs> All right, there you go. James Poole, head coach at Canyon Ridge High, and mm -hmm. man, the River Hawks off to a 4-0 start, and uh, there's, there's an excitement building around Canyon Ridge that we just haven't seen in a while. No, you know, and I think the cool thing about doing what we just did is, you know, we got to know Coach Poole. We got to to kind of hear him talk. We got to hear his ideas, his philosophies. And it's easy to see why he's a player's coach. I mean, he's just one of those guys that's really personable. And, you know, sharing some of the lessons, they transcend beyond football. You know, some of the stuff he talked about wasn't X's and O's. It was philosophy. It was life. It was about being a good person. Those are the things that, that make good programs, you know, and a lot of times you don't, 
the public doesn't get a chance to visit or talk with coaches to really get that feel, you know? And so that was really cool. Definitely. Yeah. The first uh, time I saw coach Poole in action was actually before he had even coached a game at Canyon Ridge uh, during the summer. Every year, there are these Idaho all state games where there's a sixth grade all-star game and a seventh grade all-star game and an eighth grade and et cetera. And Canyon Ridge has hosted it the, the past couple of years. And so this was two years ago. Uh, coach Poole was uh, pretty new to the job and uh, we were broadcasting all of these all-star games on IdahoSports.com. And so I just kind of came by, one of the practices to check out who the players were and and he was coaching one of the teams and the energy and enthusiasm that I saw as he was leading these I, I think they were seventh graders I can't remember but whatever it was he was leading these young players you know through the drills through the practice I mean I could tell I was like this is a shot in the arm that Canyon Ridge really needed and um so I was uh, I was already impressed uh before he even coached a game at Canyon Ridge and so that was uh super exciting to see and He's building a very, very good thing there. So it's it's nice to see younger coaches coming in and really taking the reins and running. Yeah, absolutely. And this will be Friday night will be a huge measuring stick for his program uh, as they get the best in the conference coming to their place. You know, you, you can only imagine what that atmosphere atmosphere is going to be like because he, he, he said it. Biggest game in Canyon Ridge football history. Um, they're 4-0 taking on the top dog in their in their backyard. Let's see what they got. Definitely. Real quick, I will tell you, I got to see Minico play Burley last week. It was a game that I had the call yes. for on IdahoSports.com. Uh, Minico came away with, the, I thought, a pretty convincing win. You know, it was 6-0 six, six uh, midway through the second quarter. Carson Wayman scored on a, on a fourth and inches play at the one-yard line with uh, basically his time expired right before halftime, so they led 14 nothing at the break. And from there, their defense just smothered Burley. They came away with three interceptions on defense. Um, the pass rush really uh, got got home a lot of times, and, and Japheth Bendele scored four touchdowns on the ground for Minico. And so and, – and but the thing that impressed me the most was Carson Wayman. You know, Minico's not asking him to go out and throw the ball 15 to 20 times a game. You know, they're asking him to throw it seven to ten times and complete – you know, if he can complete eight of ten passes for – 80, 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's enough because we know Minico can run the ball, right? The thing they're, they've been yeah. missing the past couple of years is that passing game. And and yeah. Wayman showed on uh, last Friday night. You know, he had a couple of big passes down the field. Um, he had a nice crossing route to uh, JT Garza, who came over the middle. And so I think Minico has added that next dimension to their offense where Wayman can, can do enough to keep the defense honest to where you can't load up against the run and that's what makes Minico so lethal. So for Canyon Ridge, that defense, um, I'm very excited to see how they try and uh, scheme up this this wing T attack of the Spartans. So yeah, I mean, in that game with Burley, just kind of proved the point that defense is what wins it for you. You know, I mean, Burley so far has been putting up video game like numbers offensively at you know 62 points, 62 points, 42 points, 82 points. I mean, who does that? <laughs> But what's going to happen when they run into a defense that is physical and stout? Are they going to be able to do it? And we saw that, you know, they couldn't, at least against Minico, you know, because, you know, that Burley team, all as good as they are offensively and as many weapons as they have, they still have been given up a lot of points. You know, I mean, 39, 50, 38, 44, 42. I mean, that's defensively what they got to do. So, yeah. 
throw up all the speed and the playmakers you want. You've got to fix that defense if you're Burley, because that is what's going to eventually catch them, you know? And I think that really kind of got exposed a little bit against Minico. And for Burley, that might've been the best thing for him, you know, just to kind of get back down to earth, realize, Hey, this is what we got to fix, what we got to do. And for Minico, you know, I mean, I think it just kept the naysayers at bay because there was a lot of talk going on that, that hey, maybe this is the year that Burley gets Minico, and Minico's they didn't they didn't have anything to do with that. They said, no, nope, no, nope, little brother, you just stay over there for right now. We're not ready for you to take the crown yet. <laughs> Definitely, and I, I, you know, I will give Burley credit; they did force and recover two fumbles on defense that kind of got them back in the game. They got it down to two scores at one point, but they yeah. just when you're trying to match Minico score for score and you're not, your offense isn't able to produce. It's, it's, it's a tough ask for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So, but you're, you're right for Burley. I think this is a good chance for them to kind of reset and get ready to attack the second half of their schedule at Canyon Ridge. I know they feel disrespected. Minico also feels disrespected, <laughs> uh, it, but on a different level, on a statewide level, they're like, yeah. what do we have to do? Well, they got to win in the playoffs. That's the bottom line. You well, know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like Kershaw, you know, you got, you got to win in the playoffs, you know, you can have a great regular season, but you got to be able to get it done in the postseason. Definitely. And, uh, and that's what Minico's thinking. So this conference is shaking up, you know, to be rather interesting because we're, you know, this Great Basin is not used to having four teams that really, who knows what's going to happen. You, you got Minico and Burley and Canyon Ridge and Twin are the top four dogs in this conference. And those games are going to be really interesting and they're going to be very deciding on what happens in the playoffs and the seeding yep. know, portion of it. For sure. I know Coach Poole takes it one game at a time, but I'm also yeah. looking ahead to when Canyon Ridge plays Twin Falls in that annual, you know, uh, military uh, bowl rivalry game. That's also going to be a, a fantastic matchup. But well, uh, yeah, and you look at, you know, and who would have thought you would ever circle a Burley and Canyon Ridge game? You know, that's the last one of the year at Canyon Ridge, you know, yeah. and who knows what that's going to what's going to ride on that one. So yeah, this conference has turned into a pretty exciting football with four solid teams. Definitely. Well, we'll, we'll be back again next week to break down what we saw with Minico and Canyon Ridge district golf is also fast approaching. We'll, we'll talk, uh, we'll hit the links a little bit uh, and talk some postseason golf on next week's show as well. And again, friendly reminder, if you've got stories, if you've got teams, if you've got players that you want us to talk about and shine that spotlight on, uh, send me an email, Brandon, at idahosports.com and we'll we'll make sure uh we we give those athletes and teams the spotlight that they deserve because that's what we want to do each and every week here so yep it's beyond the box score that's kind of the mantra beyond the box score definitely all right well for scott burton i'm brandon bainey thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next time on another edition of the magic valley prep cast on idahosports.com